Good morning. Hope everybody's doing great today on this wonderful and blessed Thursday morning. Hope everybody had a fantastic night's sleep. You're leaping out of bed with great joy and anticipation and waiting for the, what the day has to hold. That you've got a great smile on your face and you realize this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're going to use this day to glorify the Lord. And that's why the kind of attitude we need to have each and every day. Day that we put aside uh, whatever our depression, whatever our anxiety, whatever that is, cast it aside in the name of Jesus. Cast it aside and say, I want to have a great day today. I want to use this day to glorify Jesus. And if you could do that, you're going to be a much happy camper. All right, my friends, let's see who we got watching this morning. We got Tracy Little, Carolyn Kelly, Brandy Boyd Young, Rusty Poss, Amy Oaks Turner, Eileen Zoner. Jennifer Honeycutt, Darlene Barker, Karen Smith, Mike Hensley, Angel Dixon. Uh, man, we got all the cool kids in this morning's devotion. So I appreciate all you guys and gals for tuning in. So, all right, my friends, at this time, let's do our morning pledge of allegiance. So attention, salute, and pledge. Here we go, my friends. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All righty. Praise the Lord for these wonderful pledges. Good morning, Terry Hutchinson, Anita Tester, Donna Taylor. Good morning, my wonderful friends. And Donna, if your granddaughter's watching, tell her I said good morning as well. So appreciate you all for tuning in. And uh, praise God we're able to do these wonderful sweet pledges each and every morning that we have these freedoms. And um, Donna said, ain't you a firecracker this morning? Yes, that's why you see, Donna, that so many people as I was growing up would look at me and say, somebody ought to kill you. So uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of people who are uh, as excited and as jovial as I am this early in the morning. You got to think, I get up at 4 and maybe 3, 30, 4 o'clock every morning and to think that I'm like this. But come around noontime, that's when I'm dragging, and that's when I want to say people ought to die. No, I'm just kidding. I don't say that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I just feel like I don't want to be bothered by nobody, you know, come noontime, and then uh, kind of once I get over that little hump, then I'm, I'm good to go. So, but anyway, so don't let, don't let me fool you too much. So, uh, oh, Donna said she just opened her eyes. But, uh, but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and look at our verse of discussion this morning. Let's uh, let me pull that up here. Hold on. Let me get my slide up. All righty. Come on, mouse work for me this morning. Okay. All right. Uh, Hebrews verses, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 4, 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and laid open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. 
All righty, bless this reading. The hearing of it to our hearts. You know, whenever I discuss this verse, I always like to have. I got a, a vast collection of swords. I love. I love swords. I like knives. And uh, but where we moved, to be honest with you, I was trying to look for them the other day. I don't know where they're at. I, got all my, I need to find all my swords. I don't know where they're at. But I've got Scottish claymores. I have fencing swords. I have uh, Civil War uh, style swords uh, that the captains would use. Uh, I've got. Uh, um, lightsabers. I've got, uh, you know, so I've got samurai swords, many samurai. In fact, I got a replica of one that Highlander used. And uh, so I like my swords, all right? So if it ever comes to zombie apocalypse, I am good to go. And that's one thing that always drove me nuts in these, these zombie movies or TV shows. They're using like sticks or, uh, or uh, pieces off of uh, vehicles or something stupid to kill these zombies with. And I'm thinking, there's all these cool swords and knives. I, I don't understand. Why don't these people use all this cool stuff instead of using this lame, like, broomstick handle? I don't know. But maybe I'm thinking too much into it. After all, it is fiction. Well, no. Technically, it's not because we do have real-life zombies. They're called liberals. And uh, so, you know, so they are dead from the neck up, walking around like living people. So, anyway... <laughs> So, but, uh, uh, oh, Garrett Smith, but, uh, it, you know, we look at this verse here, you know, one of the aspects of the ministry that can be a bit difficult is a lot of people, and I think it's one reason why we've, we, a lot of churches have lost attendance, you know, after COVID in particular, we have a, a more, uh, we don't have as many physically attending the church uh, as we once did. Uh, and but however, if you look online, we may have two, three hundred people watching online. But we we seem to lack the the physical attendance, and uh, we even have uh, multiple people who even do their tithing online. You know, which is fine and dandy. But we don't need to forsake the assembling of ourselves together with like-minded believers. But you know, here's the thing. You know, one thing that we can look at is when it comes to expository preaching. So that's what this that we do on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Sunday night. It's what's known as expository expository preaching and as a, as a uh, you know when you look at that a lot of people find it boring they don't find it because uh, because of television uh, and, and entertainment uh, the, that uh, the the ability to keep your attention span for the 35 40 45 minutes maybe an hour of, of lecture if you will uh, you know it's not supposed to be a lecture but it's supposed to be something that uh, you're trying to glean and understand from God's word but uh, that's how a lot of people view it. So that's why you have these secret sensitive individuals out there, these, these Rick Warren types, who uh, put out there uh, a few minutes of message and then their song, some sort of entertainment, back to the message. And, you know, and so therefore all they're trying to do is keep people entertained. And so a lot of people, when they, they come to church, uh, the, a lot of pastors don't want to talk about anything controversial. They don't want to talk about things when it comes to LGBTQ. They don't want to talk about abortion. They don't want to talk about things that may bring you under conviction as a sinner because they don't want to offend. They want you to come in. They want you to be at peace. They want you to feel welcomed. You know, we want everybody to feel welcomed in our church. But we're going to speak the truth in love and preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And if it offends, then it offends. But you, it needs to, the cross has always been offensive. And it needs to be offensive. So you can take a hard look at yourself and realize there needs to be change. Something needs to happen that I am heading to a, a place of eternal damnation if I don't give my life over to Jesus Christ. And by, by buttering people up 
even in platitudes, and not teaching the truth of the gospel is the, in alignment with apostasy, is in alignment with false prophets because they are denying the truth and the power thereof in order to appease those who are sitting in the audience. I'm not out there to, to purposely offend anybody, but I have to speak with conviction what Christ has laid on my heart. And, you know, when what the Bible says is always going to go in complete contradiction to what the world and society is saying. I mean, I think that is clearly evident. So you've got people that they come to a, a church, you know, and because they are a feminist or because they are dealing with uh, homosexual desires or whatever it may be, uh, they uh, if they hear something that, that offends their sensibility, then they don't want anything else to do with that church. Well, they're hate-filled. They're bigoted. They're political. I mean, they throw those things out there so they can have an excuse not to go to church. And, and I've even had people say, well, the church shouldn't be political. And well, very much so, the church... It is dealing with something that is contrary to God's word. We have to bring that out. The, the story of the Good Samaritan alone cost, crossed political and social and, and racial boundaries probably more than any other in God's word. So there are aspects of politics. Now, you know, obviously uh, we don't want to be endorsing one candidate over the other. Then again, you know, there may be one candidate that kind of stands out more than the other. We, you know, but uh, I may go without saying. But the, you know, but the thing that is though, uh, you know, you're going to hear hard truths and that you may not like. And you know, and one thing for sure, the only thing that's going to transform somebody's thinking process and outlook and view is reading God's word. See, that is transformative because it is living, it is active. All right, that's why you can read God's word over and over again, and you always learn something new. It's not like a novel. You know, I, uh, if if you read a novel and then and then you try to go back and read it again, and you kind of lose the interest, kind of get a little boring because you're like. Man, you know, I kind of know what's going to happen, and you, you just kind of put it down. But God's Word, you want to read over and over and over again. It's what changes people. That's why you need to encourage others out in the world uh, that, uh, you know, if they, if they are uh, denying Christ or denying God. Say, read the Bible. Read it from cover to cover. Read it. And it can be transformative in how they view Christ, and it may bring them to a saving knowledge uh, of, of Jesus into their hearts and souls. Now, they may, that may not always uh, happen because some people are just blinded and uh, and it's just they're it's just you know they they they're just so lost you know that that they're not going to to turn and come to know Jesus. But at least we can try and try to make that effort. But you know we understand that God's word because we know that it's living. It it imparts new life to dead sinners because when sin entered the world, it, it alienated us from God completely, totally, and utterly. So therefore, we if we want to see sinners converted, we need them to read and listen to God's word. Look at how many people who were out of the world doing horrible, evil, debaucherous things that once they, the, the gospel of Christ uh, enlightened, once the Holy Spirit enlightened them, it was like a light switch going off and they were just like, oh my gosh, you know uh, you know, it, it's just amazing to see the transformative power of how Christ has worked in so many people's lives, just like Rusty watching on here, you know, his stepdad uh, was, uh, you know, Barry Mason and Barry, you know, is an amazing story, in fact, I, if I'm not mistaken I, I uploaded to YouTube, you should be able to start watching Fall an Angel, and uh, and the, how it transformed his life, and, and how Barry's mother kept praying over him, and once Christ touched his heart, what a dramatic change it made in his life. Uh, and I've seen that time and again, and other people who has come through the church, 
how it has completely, totally, utterly changed and transformed other people's lives. People who are enforcers for other biker gangs or whatever it may be. That they, you know, I saw when people say, "Well, I don't want to come to church because the walls are falling." I start laughing. I say, "You have no clue what kind of people have been through that church, and what you think you've done is mild compared to some of the people who've been through there. That God has touched their hearts and minds and and delivered them in a mighty way. I've seen uh, uh, there's one particular person that I know that, uh, of course, he's going on be with the Lord now. Was a uh, uh, pretty much a one percenter biker, and he came to know Jesus Christ as first Lord and Savior, and even went to uh, Bible college. I mean, you know, it's just it's crazy how the Lord really works. But that's because God's Word imparts a renewed life, all right, to His saints. You know, that's a wonderful thing to know that, uh, that all of us that have known God's salvation for a while have gone through dry times when God seemed distant. God uses His words to renew and revive us. David wrote, the law of the Lord is perfect in restoring the soul. So, you know, sometimes, you know, as you grow as a Christian, you can get a little stale. You can, you know, things can get. Uh, uh, you don't feel as on fire for the Lord as you once did. But when you can dive into God's word, that's why it's imperative. That's why I keep pushing the fact that you need to be in the Word. You need to be in prayer so that you could be renewed daily, so that you could be excited on fire for the things of Jesus Christ. You don't fall into that doldrum. You don't fall into that uh, that rut, if you will. That you stay active and on fire. So because that's the the Word of God is living. And the Word of God is active. We get our word energy from the Greek word translated active. It means that the Word is effectual. It accomplishes what God intends for it to do. As Isaiah 55, 10-11 states, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so will my word by which go forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Uh, the, this verse, you know, it is a, uh, a very promising and it has what accomplished God's good work and His purpose. And, you know, and there, you may be thinking, you know, there's, there's people out there who reject God's Word. But Jesus explained to these people that they are fulfilling the Word of God to Isaiah. It says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of, the, of this people has become dull with their ears. They scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return. And I would hear them. So in uh, John Owen's space, sometimes Christ desires by his word the hardening and the blinding of wicked sinners they may not, they, that they may be the more prepared for deserved destruction. So there's some people out there, their hearts are hardened. They're not, no matter how hard we try to evangelize, to try to get through them, they're, they're just, it's just not going to happen. But we can still cover these individuals in prayer. We can still cover, uh, we just ought to, uh, not only we cover them in prayer, but we still have that, bear that responsibility to evangelize and try to tell everybody we can about the love of Jesus Christ, to try to encourage them to come to church, to encourage them to read their Bibles, to try to encourage them. We live in a world now where people have become hardened more than ever, and they disregard God's Word as simple uh, man-made fairy tales. And uh, so they dismiss the truth and the 
reality of what God's Word, how precious it is. That's why you can see in these protests, these lunatics tearing up God's Word and eating it uh, page by page. Uh, you see Marilyn Manson ripping up the Bible. They have no respect, no reverence for the living, active, and powerful God's Word because they, it is sharper than in, any two-edged sword. It pierces the heart. It pierces the mind. And that's why people hate it because it brings them under conviction. It sheds light upon their dark deeds. And so therefore they want to destroy it and with everything that they can. But they can't. It has stood the test of time. No matter how many people have tried to rip it apart. But when that, that sword pierces the heart, when it pierces the mind, and you come to full realization of who Jesus Christ is, how enlightening and how freeing it, it really is. So my friends, make sure that you love God's Word, that you are anxious to read it, that you're anxious to come to church, that you're anxious to tell others about Jesus Christ. Let us be filled with the Spirit, and let us take on the work that is before us, and let us do it with great excitement and anticipation. Let us pray. If our Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to be active in the Word. Lord, let it be you. Let us use it for your good work and glory. Lord, let us devour it. Let us be hungry for the Word, for that bread of life, Lord Jesus. Let us devour it like we are starved to death every day. And Lord, let us be strengthened and empowered by it. Lord, if anyone watching, listening this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer, dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, as I pray every morning, be with all my brothers and sisters in Christ as they're going out and about, watch over, protect them, keep them safe and well. Be with all of our kids, our spouses, are going to school, work, or play. Put a holy edge of protection about them. Keep them safe and well. Bring them home safely, Lord Jesus. And Lord, just help us all to be a light in this world of darkness. Let us serve you well, and let us hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, my friends, I do appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, say a, a, a prayer for me today. I may be getting my hair cut. Uh, my wife says she won't say anything to, the, to for me to get my hair because I always blame her when I cut it. And uh, But she, you could tell, is highly encouraged. She calls me George Washington and uh, says my hair is too thin to be long. So uh, as I dive into the decision of such a, a uh, to cut my golden locks, say a prayer for me. <laughs> All right, guys, y'all have a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.